When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudla. I'm Jesper Dion. I'm Henry Laksa. I am Francisco Segundolo. And you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Last year. Novak Djokovic has left Australia after losing his appeal against his visa cancellation. He knew the conditions since uh, a lot of months ago. I was just following the rules. I came in with all the valid papers. The volley! Yeah. It's so good! He's done it! Novak Djokovic has been granted a visa allowing him to play in next year's Australian Open. Fans who taunt Djokovic are on notice. Do so, and you'll be kicked out by security. Carlos Alcaraz is out of the Australian Open. I look at my ranking, it's giving me a lot of confidence, but on the other hand, I know that these are just the numbers. Anybody can win a grassland right now. Who is going to avoid Novak Djokovic? It's Daniel Medvedev's in the same quarter as Rafael Nadal. It doesn't get much worse, I'm sorry. Can Radul Kanu beat Coco Goff in a second round bet? Felix Ogialiassim will win the Australian Open. Igor Sviantek will win. Arena Sabalenka and Taylor Fritz, yes. You heard it here first. Novak Djokovic is a clear winner for me. So my projected semi-finals for the women's Zeng against Pagula and Garcia against Samsonova. I see Novak Djokovic holding his 10th Australian Open trophy this year. I see Marie Sakari winning her first Grand Slam title at the Australian Open. The Nicholas Kyrgios steam train is powering his way through to an Australian Open title win. And he's taken out Novak Djokovic on his way. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. It's quarterfinal time. Can you believe it? We've already got over halfway through the competition 
and the final eight remain. We will be going to the men's here today, and then the women's will be coming straight after. We've had fantastic matches. Obviously, we just capped off, I think it's day eight, and the five sets just keep on flowing, and the surprises keep on coming as well, JG. Yeah, we've seen some brilliant matches. Uh, looking back into the last round, I think the, the real highlights are Rublev Rune and Sissipas Sinner. Both of them were epic uh, in terms of watching what typifies a Grand Slam for me. Five sets, goes all the way to the end, and you're not sure which way that fifth set's going to go. It wasn't like one of the players had loads of momentum going into it. Sissipas had the first two sets, Sinner come back, and then held on in the fifth. And the other one, I mean, it was just... It, one wins a set, the other wins a set. So both really dramatic matches, both showing a lot of fight and heart to get there. And I am really excited for these final eight players to see who can lift this Australian Open title. Of course, the man everyone's talking about is Novak Djokovic. He is the man to beat. I think it what we what we got to see early on today against Alex Dimonor shows that. He said after in the press, uh, press match... Uh, sorry, the post-match interview, that he there was no injury anymore. The injury is gone. His, his leg feels completely fine. He doesn't want to jinx it because he doesn't know how he'll feel tomorrow. But during the match today against Alex Dimonor, there was no pain in his leg. He felt like he was playing perfectly. I think there was a little bit of a vendetta against Alex Dimonor because he was one of the people who spoke up against Novak Djokovic last year in Australia. And I feel he really did serve him uh, off the court today because of that. And he had that little bit extra incentive to beat Alex Dimonor. But the Demon had no had no answers to Djokovic. There was nothing he could do. He played a lot on the front foot, which I thought was good. But Djokovic defended like, he, like we know he can. And he is the one out of the eight to beat. I feel like it's him and then the other seven. Um, but yeah, let's get into this video. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you on that. Alex Dimonor being served and maybe a little bit of humble pie after last year, having a bit of joke about the whole thing. I thought, like you just said, Djokovic was very, very good today. I'm so happy to hear that he didn't have any problems with the leg as well. But Alex Dimonor, you've, you've got to go for it. It just shows today you have to beat Djokovic. You can't just play tennis with him because you won't win. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Jane in the live chat. Thank you for joining the membership. Appreciate that. The link is pinned in the live chat if anyone else wants to join. We've got Gary and Senna. What's 90% of the Sissipas Sinner match? It was so enjoyable and very high level. Great to see Steph stepping up instead of stepping up. <laughs> I like that. Is that what it's known as? I bet he won't like that. <laughs> but you're right. But he does step up at the Australian Open. Um, semi-finals are his thing. Let's see if he can get to another one. Yeah, exactly that. Let's have a look at the matches. I know we've got a nice graphic here. So these are the quarterfinals. So we've got Karen Hatchinoff, Sebastian Korda. We've got Stefano Sissipas and Yiri Lehetska. So they are the four names at the top of the draw. So yep. one of them four will be in the final, which is pretty big in itself. Of course, Steph. Has he been to a final before? Well, let's wait. We'll, we'll ask Djokovic in a minute. Uh, let's go down to the bottom half. We've got Andre Rublev, Novak Djokovic, and Ben Shelton, Tommy Paul. The only established matchup, let's be honest, is Andre Rublev, Djokovic. I think before the tournament, if anyone got any of these quarterfinals aside from Rublev, Djokovic, I wouldn't believe you. 
I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lehechka, funny enough, I was watching some something the other day. I think uh, Gil Gross had a little, not flutter, but he had a little word to say about Lehechka pre-tournament and said he was his sort of dark horse for that section. So well done okay. to Gil Gross for calling that one. Whether he had him going as far as this, I don't know, but he still said he reckons that he could do something at this tournament and he has done. Um, will he get past uh, City Pass? We'll give you our predictions at the end of this video, won't we? Yeah, uh, exactly. I think we're going to start. Well, I'll let you pick where we're going to start because I always choose. Well, I, I, I know that we're all speaking about the big names and we keep on going through and we're saying like, oh, this is the only staple matchup. I want to start somewhere that we haven't really spoken about which is Ben Shelton. I feel that we should start with him. He deserves some press. I think it's he's the real deal. That's the one thing he's confirmed coming into this, is Ben Shelton is a force to be reckoned with and could well be going deep in Grand Slams in the coming years as well. Like, he's already doing it. It's, uh, it's incredible. So, here we go. This is a, the statistic that is up. Uh, do you want to take us through this one? Yeah, sure. So Ben Shelton's the first American man in 20 years to reach a major quarterfinal before turning 21. And that was Andy Roddick, 2003 Wimbledon. And I mean, more specifically, the Americans are doing amazing right now. I saw a stat earlier. I think it's one in five players inside the top 50 are American. Incredible. So, there's just a lot of them at the moment. They're all coming through quickly. <laughs> ben Shelton, I think in June was completely unheard of and just was playing in the college circuit, uh, wasn't even a professional athlete. And then look where he is now. It just goes to show in a short space of time, you can become a nobody to a complete hero. And when you're sort of following in the footsteps of Andy Roddick, then you know you're doing something very, very well. And the guy had never been outside of, uh, out of America until this event. He did play the one before in Australia, but this is the first time he's ever crossed the borders of America. And he's out here in Australia now beating JJ Wolf. I know you could say, oh, it's not the toughest of opponents, but still was a good player. Uh, and he took it all the way to five sets and was able to do that. Another thing about Ben Shell, and I've got quite a bit to say about him, actually. His dad played tennis. I don't know if you saw that. No, and I didn't. Yeah, his dad wasn't the worst player in the world either. There was some stat, but I don't know if you've got it up on the screen. Um, um, I can try and bring it up if you've sent it over. I'll send it now. Okay, you can tell me you. your thoughts on Shelton. Well, I, I just think that I didn't expect much from him for this tournament. I don't know why I apologise to Ben. Being a fellow Ben, I should really have backed him a bit more, but I, I didn't. I, I thought maybe last year was maybe a, a little bit lucky. Um, it's proved it's not. He's knocked out, well, I think the biggest one there on the way was uh, Alexi Poprin in straight sets. I thought that one was so, so good. Uh, JJ Wolf, I expected to push him. JJ Wolf is pretty good at Grand Slams, but th that Poprin one, I think he absolutely destroyed Poprin. Yeah, and I think, regardless of that, though, Ben, let's not beat around the bush. Ben Shelton's had a very fortuitous draw. It's not been that tough. It could have been a lot tougher to get to a quarterfinal. I know it's his first Grand Slam, but listen, it's it's gone quite well for him. A nice draw. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he played, did he play the US Open? Yes, I believe he did. Probably, I think he did, yeah. So it's not his first, it's his first Australian Open, I should rephrase. We've got Theo in saying Shelton only turned pro uh, about six months ago. 
He was ranked outside the top 500 this time last year. And it is a remarkable journey to where he is. And I think uh, now, uh, what's this? But this draw was something like world number 96. Yeah, he's not played many people. But I think now in the world, he's pushing, what, is he top 50? Yeah. Why? Yeah, he's on his way up for sure. I mean, after this tournament, he's definitely going to be well up there. And like you said, littered with Americans in the top 50. He's just going to be another name in there. But that was his last grand, or his first ever Grand Slam performance was against uh, Nuno Borges. And he did lose in five, which is still pretty good for a first Grand Slam appearance. Yeah, and this is what the Tennis One app tweeted out. So 28 years and seven months after Brian Shelton made the Wimbledon fourth round, his son... 20-year-old Ben Shelton's into the Australian Open quarterfinals in just his second ever major appearance. And they wrote, sorry, Dad, he's got this one on you. And this is a photo <laughs> of him and his dad. Pretty cool, because I didn't know his dad played. But you do see that story no. quite a lot in tennis where uh, you have sort of a father and son both playing tennis. So I thought it would be good to share it. Most definitely, mate. Well, and... Uh... Ben Shelton is going to be up against none other than another American. It seems that we've had so many American versus American matchups in this tournament uh, destined to have a semi-finalist, it would seem. So they're going to get at least one. And it's going to be from this semi-final. Tommy Paul took out Batista Agut. Some, someone not many people are really giving much chance to. Do you think that's fair, Tommy Paul? Like he's got this far. Should he not be given a fair like a chance to win the Australian Open? I think winning it's a bit too far because I don't see him getting past either Djokovic or Rublev, who's on that little bit there. Um, but the Ben Shelton one, I make him favourite for, for sure. I think he is a little, he is well established. He ended last year, if you don't remember, in very good form. There was in Paris, wasn't it? He beat um, Batista Agut there. He then beat Nadal and then Carreño Busta. And we was all laughing how he got the Spanish hat trick, beating <laughs> three of the top Spanish players all in a row. So he was playing very well at the back end of this year and or last year. And then this year he started strong. He beat Struff, Davidovich Fakina and Jensen Brooksby, which I think is the most impressive one because Brooksby was in good form and he knocked out a big player before as well. Yeah. Um, do you remember who that was? Uh, Jensen Brooksby, I can he bring it up. He knocked out Casper Ruud, that's right. In so he just beat out well. Casper Ruud and then Tommy Paul knocked out Brooksby. So that was a big one. I think he's pretty established now on the circuit, whereas Ben Shelton isn't. I think he's got all of the shots. He seems hungry. He seems motivated. And he's another one who won today on a net cord. <laughs> yeah, it's weird thing that was going around today. Rublev had the same in his match, one on a net cord. And I know we keep saying today, but is it even today? It is today for us in the UK, but probably not oh, in yeah. Australia. Very true. Yeah, I, I'm losing track of the time zone. Yeah. I'm people sure know what... what we mean. It's very confusing. In the UK, it did happen today, but not for many other people listening. Yeah, I'm sure it's gone past midnight uh, if you're in Australia now. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. So uh, Tommy Paul... I I thought it was a really impressive win in this one. Yet again, like you could say that this wasn't really the most impressive route to this, to where he is in the draw. But I he said off a route the Ben Shelton's though. Yeah, I think the Brooksby won very tough. Davidovich for Keener in five. That was the real test that he had, and I think Ben Shelton could push him 
to five as well. I think that one could be another five setter, if I'm perfectly honest. I was just going to have a look to see if they played each other before. That was what I was just trying to quickly have a look. They're both Americans. You'd expect uh, that they would have done. Yeah, uh, I think there's an age differential. I mean, there's no results I can see here on the head-to-head. And, okay. But that's only because Ben Shelton's only been pro for about six months. But you True. never know. I, I'm sure they do are familiar with each other. I'm sure they must have had some kind of hit together or are familiar with friends who played each other. Or There's got to be some links there. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good match. Let's not write Ben Shelton off. He will be the underdog. I think it could be close. We'll give our predictions in a moment. But let's move up one to Andre Rublev, Novak Djokovic. On paper, the biggest match of the quarterfinal. One which maybe people did predict. Everyone thought Djokovic was going to be here. Not so many people thought uh, Andre Rublev. A lot of people thinking that was going to be either Holgoruna or Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios pulled out before it started. And Holgoruna was defeated in cruel, cruel fashion against Andre Rublev. He had the match won about six times over, couldn't get it over the line. And rather than saying Rune bottled it, like some people are saying, I think you need to just give credit to Rublev. He worked so hard. He never gave up and pulled off some really big shots when he was down match point. And in that that super tie break, I know you were talking about it earlier, to come through that. He he did the, he, he made the shot. He didn't just sit there and wait for Rune to just unleash yep. the forehand. Rublev took it to him. Definitely did. Uh, I was watching it as the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning. When I saw him go five love down in the super tie break, I just saw that look on his face where it was the look of despair of Andre Rublev. But I feel that when he went five love down, sort of like a weight sort of came off of his shoulders a little bit and he just started playing a lot more freely. He got it all the way back. He ended up 7-3 up. Then it went obviously 7-all and then it was uh, a torrid time. Um, it was a it was an incredible match, I think. Those two, either of them deserved to go through. Holgerun obviously had his match points, didn't take them. Bit passive, that's the only criticism I'd say to Holgeruna. He's just got to go for it in those big moments. I think he played into Rublev's hands too much and then Rublev was able to serve uh, serve it out and hold to force the tiebreak. But great, great match. Well done to David for covering that one. Yeah. Another five set. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> loves them. Um, and well done to Rublev. He is after court, well, off court interview. Is it off court? No. On court post match interview was very uh, funny and he spoke to Eurosport as well. Um, do you want to take us through what Andre Rublev's been saying? Yes, let's go for it. So this is what he had to say. So the only thing I kept repeating was, please don't do like a like at Roland Garros. There I completely gave up when I was 7-2 down. I set out to win at least a couple more points. In the end, I added a little by little until it becomes 7-6. And you already know how it ended. So there was a moment in his head when he was 7-2 down where he thought, uh-oh, here we go again. Another Roland Garros. But this is why I'm really impressed with him because what he was, what he did clearly here was just take point by point. It's what yep. Rafa's been doing his whole career. doesn't matter if you're down. Take each point as if it's your last. Work as hard as you can and you never know. Your opponent could seize up in a big moment. As long as you can keep it competitive and keep winning them points. In a super tiebreak as well, every point is worth so much. So I'm really impressed with his mental side of his game, Rublev, to come through that match because over the years... There's no way he would have won this match. This is the first time you've seen him do something very unlike Andre Rublev. 
because we know he can hit a big forehand. We know he can play tennis and serve well. Yep. Can he get through these tough moments in a tennis match? Never seen it before until today. Uh, and let's move on to Novak Djokovic because he's someone we've seen get through adversity a few times. He is the yep. one to beat. We could probably do this whole podcast talking about Novak Djokovic. We watched him this morning and he just dismantled Dimonor. It wasn't even a match. I think there was one one point during the stream, someone in the co- in the live chat said, it looks like Alex Dimonor is someone who's come off from the crowd and played. <laughs> and someone has been called up to play. I think that's harsh, but it just felt like a, a man versus a boy who'd never played tennis. And I mean that in the nicest way possible to Dimonor. Djokovic was so superior in every department. And if yeah. you're looking at it, he's been far superior than everyone this tournament. Yeah. I don't know many who could come close. Maybe Seb Korda, because I think he's been also very impressive. But aside from that, there's not been many other names like who's been able to do what Djokovic has. And I've got a few stats here for him because I feel like when we talk about these goats, we have to speak about the stats. And it is now his 13th Australian Open quarterfinal. It's his 54th Grand Slam quarterfinal. And the most impressive of all is it's now his 25th consecutive match win at the Australian Open, which is the joint second longest streak of men's singles wins at the Australian Open behind wow. Andre Agassi's streak of 26. So wow. one more and he can tie with Agassi. Well, Andre Rublev stands in the way. Like you said, though, I'm, I'm, I think he is the, the obviously the guy to beat. The way that he just took apart Alex de Menor, this is the first time they ever played, which was a bit of a surprise to both of us. And it can either go one of two ways when you play somebody for the first time. They can shock you and then you think, oh, no, I, I didn't realise they were going to be this good. Or the opposite. He absolutely obliterated him and proved that he's just levels above Alex de Menor. And um, I felt a bit sorry for Alex de Menor. He was playing in front of his home crowd. They couldn't even really even get behind him. He wasn't ever in the, in any of the sets whatsoever. But I guess he would just have to go away back to the drawing board and maybe get some tips from Kyrgios. I don't know. It, I've just, I don't it's, know it's what he tough. could do. No, it's not, it's not much you can do. There's not much you can do. I think he was a tad embarrassed. Um, he has always struggled against the top players as well. There was a stat kicking about about how he's been against sort of top five, top 10 opponents in the past. It's not the prettiest of readings. He needs to definitely improve that side of his game when he plays up against these top players. But then there's good players and there's Novak Djokovic. And ultimately, there's a big difference between being a top five player and then playing Djokovic, even then. And he couldn't handle it. It was his first time. He's not going to want to play him again anytime soon, that's for sure. And there was that quote I did read out from Andre Agassi some time ago, which I'm going to read it out again because I do really like it. On, and that's, if you gave me Djokovic's game, the hardest part about winning a tournament would be going to sleep at night because I'd be so excited to play the next day. And that yes. is just how it feels right now because in terms of him winning the match, it's not really in doubt. It's just whether or not how he does it, in what manner he's going to do it. And even you've got Jim Curry here asking, I'm not going to ask you how you beat him so convincingly. I'm going to ask you why you beat him so convincingly. <laughs> and he paused, smirked and said, because I wanted to. Fair enough, isn't it? I think that that's a funny one. Curry are always uh, a good interviewer. And I like Great that. interviewer, by the way. Shout out to him. He's one of the people sort of in the tennis media now who I think does an excellent job. And I find him very funny, witty, Great questions, confident, 
brilliant at his job. I love watching someone who does a really good job at things, and he's certainly one of them people. Oh, most definitely. He's the he's the best in the game, that's for sure. Great to see somebody transition from being a top tennis player and having a great personality. Um, I'd love it if he was at all the tournaments. <laughs> but, yeah, Bring him to Wimbledon. <laughs> I'd like to have him there. Anyway, let's move on. We've spoken about Djokovic in depth, as I knew we would. Next up. Well, there is one more. What transitions on. onto the next one? And it well, was Novak Djokovic, what he had to say after the match, because there was another thing he did say. So this is from Relevant Tennis. I recommend giving them a follow on Twitter. They're a really good account of all of the tennis <laughs> news. Uh, and it was a bit strange. So... This is Djokovic. He said, I know Sissipas, the most experienced guy out of all of the quarterfinalists. Uh, he has played already the final stages of a... He has played already the final stage of a Grand Slam quite a few times, but I think he has never played a final. <laughs> um, and then the the, the, the the questioner or the interviewer said, you beat him at Roland Garros. He was like, oh, that's my... That's right, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> How do you forget beating him in a Grand Slam final? But... Maybe he was being a, a little bit cheeky there. I don't know. Just underplaying it or saying, oh, I couldn't remember. I've been in so many Grand Slam finals. Just one of those. Do you think he generally forgot? It might be possible to forget. He has no, been I think in a he lot did. Of... I think he forgot. I don't think he's... Tro you think he's trolling and just trying to do it? Because there's some people saying he's trying to get into Sissipas' head. I generally just think he forgot that he'd played him in a Grand Slam final. It was quite a... It was quite an epic final. I don't know. He's been in quite a few, so I would, well, would understand. You say that, okay, would you say this is disrespectful? Jamie's thrown it out there. Is this disrespectful for Djokovic to forget who he played in a final and say that Sissipas never reached one when he even played? He was the one who played him in one. If I think it's just a trolling, but I don't. I don't know. I think that Sissipas might see it as a little bit of just fun. To be honest, it it could be seen as disrespectful, but when you played as many Grand Slam finals as him, you have the allowance to say, "Oh." I maybe forgot that one yeah i generally think that he did forget but that's just my opinion on it um got gary and saying the rigors of getting old novak asked the press am i right that steph has never played a grand slam <laughs> final yeah maybe it's just it just happens in life you should know about that ben i do i i know all well and good i can't remember what happened yesterday so knowing what happened in a grand slam final a few years back that's even tougher yeah, but that, like you say, is a nice segue to move on to Sissipas. And he will be facing... Dun, 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 dun. Yiri Lehechka. And like you said, Gil Groves fancied him to go very far. He has gone far. He is another name who you could be putting into contention of maybe reaching the top 10. He's only 21 yeah. years old. He played in the next-gen finals last year. I think he's impressive. We've been watching him in the Challengers for a few years. He's great on clay. He's good on hard courts. Just an overall top player who will be on the tour for many years to come if he can keep fit. Touch wood. He has the game. Can he beat Sissipas? I'm not so sure. But still, he's beaten some big players to get here. Yeah, and that just uh, teased me up nicely for this tweet by Gil Gross saying, has anyone picked up a more impressive collection of victories at this Australian Open than Lehechka, Chorich, Eubanks, Nori? And Felix Oja Aliasim. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that that is probably the best list that I've seen. Chorich, I don't know. Did many people have him beating Chorich in the first round? Not many. Not many. And I regret it massively. And I feel if you're looking at sort of the names you wasn't expecting to be there, you'd have to say Lehechka, 
and Ben Shelton have got to be right at the bottom. Ben Shelton's had a nice draw to reach that part. Yeah, Lehechka hasn't. He's no. played. To, he's had to play the who's who <laughs> to get there. I mean, Felix is a tough player. Norrie's a tough player. Eubanks, okay, fair, fair enough. It's not, not the <laughs> toughest. But Borna Torich, first round is tough as well. So he's had to beat some really big players to get there. So fair play to him. Sister Pass, have we spoke about him? He beat Yannick Sinner in the last round. Um, he's looking all right. Medvedev's out of that section now. He is the most established in that top half of the draw. Can he do it? That's the that's the, that's what we need to find out. And we, he's many times fallen short at the big stage. He has yep. reached the Grand Slam final, as Djokovic <laughs> told us earlier. Um, but he said in his interview, it's for sure my home slam. Definitely. He speaks about the support he receives in Australia. And it's it's like it's his favourite Grand Slam. I thought it would have been Roland Garros because he does very well on the clay courts. I think maybe clay's his strongest surface. I know he doesn't like Wimbledon. He, can, he hardly gets a result at Wimbledon. Yeah. And the US Open, it's been okay. But nothing like the Australian Open and, and Roland Garros. But yeah, it seems like Australia is where he, where he loves it. And he beat Rafa not too long ago as well here. Or was it a few years back when he was two sets down and come yep. back to win that in five? He lost, I believe it was a semi-final recently as well to Medvedev. He, yep. often, he often plays Medvedev and loses, I feel, at the Australian Open. Maybe the same at the US as well. Medvedev's that guy who just beats <laughs> him and just ruins his hopes. Medvedev's out. He doesn't need yeah. to worry about Medvedev. Korda's already dispatched him. So he should be feeling extremely confident and on paper should be making the final. You, you would think so, but it's never that simple. He does have overwhelming support, I think. All of the people in that top section or even maybe even all the people left in City Pass, I've heard the most cheering for. There's a massive Greek contingent that is in Australia, as we know. Very, very popular there with Greeks and Cypriot-born uh, people. And to hear that, I felt like it was a 20,000 John Silks, it was. It was on that call, all going, City Pass, City Pass. It was rocking. And it's going to be like that for every single match of his now. Um if he can get to that final, the crowd might be the difference. And who's to say he doesn't win his first Grand Slam at the Australian Open? That would be... I didn't, wouldn't expect it. I, I think we both would have said Roland Garros would be the first one, but yep. maybe it's here. Yeah, exactly that. Let's move on. Uh, shout out to City Burt for the Super Chat. Appreciate that. Saying being a Yank TP uh, should know Shelton, but go BS. Oh, being a Yank, Tommy Paul should know Shelton, <laughs> but go Ben Shelton. Understand now. God, it's, you're confusing us. <laughs> right, anyway, we've got the top one now, and it's Seb Korda against Kalen Hachanov. Hachanov, as we know, I'm going to go back to Gil Gross. He's been popping out a load of good tweets. And, oh, not that one. Apologies, just been to that one. That's this one. Karolyn Hachanov has now completed the career quarterfinal Grand Slam. And I thought that there were some other bits that were noted on this that he didn't include, that people who hadn't done this yet were actually the likes of Medvedev, Dominic Team. There were some big names in this list, and he has done it, <laughs> which is impressive. Yeah, he's done them all, and all in recent years as well, because US Open was last year, 
And he even went one better and got to the semi-final, if you remember correct. Yep. Uh, Wimbledon was quarterfinal 2021. And of course, 2023 was Australian Open. So he's done it all now. Can he go that step further? He did it in US. So he's actually doing very well. Like the last few slams, he's been the guy who's impressed a lot of people and done better than what others thought. I didn't think he would be getting here again. And no. look who he's beaten. He, he completely demolished Nishioka. Two bagels. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there was an injury. I didn't get to see it live or anything. But then the third set was a tie break. So maybe he makes you think that it wasn't an injury and he just played very good. Yeah. Um, he'll be super confident going into that match, certainly. But he's playing, I would say, the second best player in this event to Novak Djokovic in Seb Korda. Yes. And Seb Korda has played Hatanov a few times. He's beaten him on his last two meetings, the one before Hatanov won. They're very close, like tie break 7-5, like tight set. This one could be an epic. They've both got really good serves. It's going to be a tough match. I think Korda in a rally has a little bit more, though. He's got that yeah. versatility. He's beaten Daniel Medvedev. I think better Daniel backhand. Medvedev's brilliant practice for Hatanov because he's a better version of Hatanov. He does everything he does, but better. So if you can beat Med, you can beat Karen as well. I think you're right. I think that he his servings looked brilliant in this tournament he's continued it on from the Adelaide one where he nearly beat Novak Djokovic it was exactly. so close Djokovic admitted he was the second best on the day Korda should have won and he just got a little bit lucky I think just because Korda couldn't get it over the line and Djokovic just outlasted him I think that another American Korda, as well another yeah, American another Another American, it's like saying uh, here, Clis uh, Christopher Clary, this one you sent me, I thought was quite interesting. And I haven't looked it up anything either since reading it. So I was going to hope that we can all have a go at this one. Three American men in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. Last time it happened was in 2000. Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, who was the third. No searching, Googling, please. And I haven't done any searching or Googling. So... I'm going to try and rack my brains of who this could be. I had a, like one that came to mind. I'm not sure if it's right, though. So we'll go on then, because I'm not going to guess. Okay. I'm, too, I'm too young. Okay, I was going to go with Marty Fish. Is that right? Okay, I don't, know. I if don't you, know. If you scroll down, I'm sure there would be an answer. Oh, okay. I didn't even think to do that. That's how much I use... Ah... Uh, uh... Chris um, Woodruff. Okay, so I got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a tough one. Not many people would have got it. <laughs> yeah. We got a few Courier shouts. Roddick. No, it wasn't Roddick. It wasn't, it wasn't Jim Courier. It was, in no. fact, Chris Woodruff. So well done to anyone who got that at home. Little <laughs> live Q&A for you. <laughs> ben oh, springing on us. And I've got another one from Chris Clary. Let me see if I can share it. Okay. It's all the Americans. Don't worry, it's not a Q&A question, this one. I don't mind, I quite like them, even if this I do get them wrong. all of the Americans inside the top Ooh. 50. So I know I said it's one in five. That's because there's going to be 10 of them. Taylor Fritz, Francis TFO, Seb Corder, Tommy Paul, Brooksby, Isner, Shelton, Wolf, Apelka and Nakashima. So some really young ones in there as well, like Shelton, Brooksby, Nakashima, Corder. Uh, the future's bright. You've got John Isner there, 37. <laughs> He's almost double. A Ben Shelton now. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like his dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> on tour. No. Oh, there's a nice embrace between Fritz and TFO. Don't they? They have a bit of a funny. Well, they back won the United Cup as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. Americans are the ones to Agula beat right now as well. Doing really well on the uh, women's side. There's just one more 
uh, we need to go through with this uh, matchup, though. And I know it's one that you really wanted to speak about. So I will bring this one up last. And it's obviously about um, Sebastian Corder. So take it away. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about it because Seb Corder has won my heart a lot this event. Um, and I really like this moment. So every time he comes out on court, he's been touching the board with his father's name because of course he was a champion 25 years ago so as you enter Rod Laver Arena you've got all of the sort of the light boards with all of the names of the winners one thing on that as well it's just remarkable when you see Novak Djokovic's name and all of the dates same with uh, Roger Federer as well Nadal's on there a few times now too it is crazy to see and then you've got of course Peter Corder Every time he walks past, he gives it a little touch when he's when he's walking onto Rod Laver. And when he's been doing it, he's been winning. So for the next one, it will be on Rod Laver. It'll be against Karen Hatchinoff. Will he will he touch it? Of course he will. Will it work again? I'm hoping it does. It's very, very interesting though. I like it though. That's just I love a little like... superstition. And this is like... one of them. I say this is straight, straight out of Netflix. <laughs> well, it's not going too well for Netflix. I don't put him anywhere near Netflix if you can, because we want to see Corda do well in this tournament. And Netflix has jinxed everybody. Yeah, just quickly on Netflix, Theo's asking, are we going to be speaking about the Netflix curse? We will once we review the whole series. Me and Ben will be doing an episode or two after the Australian Open, speaking about the Netflix series which has just come out. We're going to watch it. And then straight after watching it, come on here and share all our thoughts with you guys. So stay tuned for that. That will come after the Australian Open. Yes, that is correct. Um, I'm quite interested to see because that one's quite a tough matchup. I don't know if these two have ever played each other before either, but I can do a quick oh, little just, bit. I just spoke about that. Hachanov Korda. Which one? Who are you? What match are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. When was the last time they played? They played three a... times. Last one was in Antwerp, I believe. Okay, and yeah. Corda has won the last two. Oh, I fantastic. did go through the head to head. Oh, apologies. I think you were doing something else. Apologies, apologies. That's typical me trying to do things behind the scenes and not listening. But it's all that's good. Fine. I think it's time for the predictions anyway because we've got the women's one coming up. Yep. And let's go. where do you want to start? I think we start where we left off. Karen yep. Hatanov. Seb Corder, what's your prediction, Ben? Corder in four. Corder in four, eh? Um, well, that's annoying. I'm gonna also go <laughs> Seb Corder in four. It is annoying because that's the same. That's exactly why I want. I, I think exactly the same. I think Karen's good for a set. It'll be a tie break, but Corder will win in four sets. Definitely. Okay. okay so that one's that one's. Guaranteed to happen now. Uh, next one. I'm going to actually gonna go here. Sissy Pass in five. That's nuts. I'm going to go Steph in three. I think Lehechka has done well. I'm not taking anything away from him. But I think Steph's going to turn it on now. I think this Ooh. is his moment. He's gonna. We're going to see a different Steph. I think he gets it done in straight sets. Well, the crowd will be on his side. That's for sure that he will have an extra man on the court. Andre Rublev versus Novak Djokovic. I'm going to be going for... I think it's going to be Djokovic in straight sets. I'm sorry, Rublev fans. I don't think so. I think it's going to be an absolute epic. Rublev, two sets up. Rublev, wow. two sets up. 
Djokovic is going to come back and just so fight, resolve, and that brilliant level we've seen. Um, he's going to start a bit shaky, Djokovic, and then just find that rhythm. And by the end of it, we're going to be seeing Alex Dimonor Djokovic. Uh, and I reckon he'll cream Rublev in the fifth, 6-1. A bit like the Sinner. Oh, it's gonna, I'm going with the Sinner-Wimbledon one. Djokovic against Sinner at Wimbledon. It just got easier and easier as it went on. Massetti at Roro Garros. It's going to be the same with Rublev. Rublev, two sets up. Djokovic creams him in the next three. He does it to gingers. We've seen him do it once. <laughs> he doesn't like a ginger nut. He just likes <laughs> storming them. Yeah, that's it. We've got a few uh, other ones in the live chat here. We've got Hachanov in four from Gene. We've got MJ Corder in three. So going different ways. We've got uh, this one, I think Gene's just hoping for more than anything. Lehechka in four, hoping that Sissipas goes out. That's a big Djokovic fan. Joker in three, says so iconic. And Djokovic in four. And that's what Gene is going for. So we've got the last but not least, Ben Shelton, Tommy Paul. I'll let you go first on this one. I love Ben Shelton. Let me just clarify that. I think this is going to be a step too, step too far for him. I think it's come a little bit too soon. He's only been on the tour for six months. Give him a little bit more time. Um, and I think he's just happy. He's got to the quarterfinal. It's an incredible achievement. He's not had to play anyone that difficult yet. Hopefully, he's going to be here for many more years to come. I'm sure he can be if he stays fit and injury-free. On this match, though, I see Tommy Paul winning it. And I'm going to have Tommy Paul winning in four. Okay, I'm going to be going Ben Shelton to just keep on keeping on. He's got my oh, so name. now you're getting behind the Ben's. That's it. Well, I've been rude not to. Well, that'll probably ruin it for him if I start getting behind him. But I'm going to go Shelton in five. Shelton in five. Five yeah. set madness. <laughs> Frenzy. <laughs> five set madness. That's going to be on Carvey's corner later on. <laughs> it will be. Well, there we go. That's all our predictions. So that means from the top, we'll be having Corda Sissipas. On the bottom, I'm going to be having Djokovic. Paul, you're going to be having Djokovic Shelton. Imagine. Only one difference, really. Yeah, but we just got different ways of getting there. Djokovic Shelton is the one I really want to see because I think it will cause the most headlines as well. Um, Ben Shelton, it's the first time he's ever left America. He might be leaving a few more times after this tournament. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to see him around the the globe from here on out. Uh, But let's wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode. If you haven't already... Give us a like on the video, subscribe if you're new and join us for all of these quarterfinal matches. We will be covering them all on the channel. If you want a nice tennis weekly roundup, uh, hopefully they'll be coming after the Australian Open. But today we have daily ones from Carvey's Corner and he'll be taking you through all of the action on day seven or eight. I'm losing track of the time. I think maybe day eight and Carvey will be going through that on Carvey's Corner in about four to five hours time. That's correct. Uh, yeah, we'll see you for the women's one. Don't go anywhere. Make sure to join the women's predictions. That's coming up next. I think that one's going to be even more difficult. <laughs> see you on that one. See you soon. Podcast Network.
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.